0: Hey there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business leadership. After being in the events industry since 2010 and working with brands such as Nike, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Create and Cultivate, I became wildly passionate about education for small businesses. I teach others how to work with their dream clients, the mistakes I've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, taking the next right decision. Alright, welcome into the Render Podcast. I am your host, Cam, and I'm so excited to have Dana and Courtney with me on the podcast today. We're going to be talking about rental employees, and keeping them, and retaining them, and serving them well in a very stressful time, and with so many listeners that are in the rental industry, I'm sure you guys are feeling it as well, and so I'm excited to have them on the podcast today to talk about retaining employees in the rental world during a stressful time. Dan and Courtney, thanks for being here today and uh, recording with me. I'd love to have you guys introduce yourself, tell our uh, listeners a little bit about you, of your history in the events world, and all that. Yeah, Yeah.
1: thanks so much for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be
0: here. Yeah, Um,
1: I'm Courtney and I'm Dana. Yeah, and we are uh, sisters and business partners, and we've been in the industry for 17 years now. We started back in 2005. We were that was our idea year when we were looking for a wedding venue Mm -hmm. for Dana to get married at. Couldn't find anything that checked all the boxes. Decided it'd be fun to open up a venue, but we knew nothing about weddings except for planning our own. And so we decided to become wedding planners as a form of market research to build the most kick-ass venue. And so we did that for five or six years, built our team a little bit in that area, decided it was time to start reprising the dream of opening a venue, found some land, built a venue. That's a whole dramatic story that's on many podcasts all over. You can find it (laughs) if you really want to search. But it definitely led to kind of like that feeling of overwhelm. We couldn't just do it, the two of us running these two companies. And that's when we kind of started our team building journey at that time. And we've opened up, we
2: had Bushel and Pack, which was a floral company. We had that for about six years. Mm-hmm. We just shut that down. It was supposed to close at the beginning of 2020, which was our last year, but yeah. then it got pushed all the way to 2022 with reschedules. So that's officially um, closed just because it wasn't serving us um, well. <laughs> And we have opened up Anthem House, which is our luxury event planning line. And then now we have Hustle & Gather, which is our speaking, consulting, and training firm. So we have our hands in lots of things. And each business definitely has different levels of employees, different types of employees. And, you know, building a loyal and strong team is, is definitely our jam. So we're super yeah. excited to talk about it today.
0: That's how we do what we do. Yes. Well, it sounds like you guys have so much experience and not only just in wedding planning or dress in venues or dress in plural But you can really kind of speak to a lot of different areas, and given that Mm -hmm. you've been in business for 17 years, you've been through some stressful times in your life, I'm sure. Uh, Just a couple. Yeah, whereas (laughs) a lot of business owners opened in the last even five years. This is really Mm -hmm. the first big thing that has happened, and you guys know very well, we've had, like, prior to 2020, it was easy rolling for the most part. Mm -hmm. It was easy to book. It was easy to keep employees. It was easy to hire And then we got smack dab in the middle of the craziness that is going on right now. For our listeners, I've actually met Dana and Courtney at NACE, NACE's National Association of Catering and Events. And it's a really great, awesome association for the people in the events industry. And I think there's over like 55 chapters now. It just keeps growing um, Mm -hmm. across the U.S. And I encourage anyone who's listening to this podcast to get involved in a association, whether it's NACE WIPA, ILEA, MPI, there's so many different ones. And our listeners can go back to one of our other podcasts and we'll link it in the show notes where we talked about some buzzwords for the events industry and we talked all about different associations. And so that's where we have met and we've connected there and been connected through others through NACE as well. So very excited to get into the subject of employees and hiring and retaining and keeping them around and serving them well. I'd love to start the conversation with maybe an experience that really was incredible for each of you. And you might have the same person in mind or story in mind, but I'd love to ask you what is one like incredible story that you've had where you've been able to retain someone, you poured into them, and this is someone who will stick through anything and everything with you both in your company? It's
2: hmm. a really good question.
0: I think, I guess the
2: first one I would say that comes to mind is our now marketing director, Sarah, and she actually interned under our very first venue manager, Bailey, who was like, literally, she's like a warm hug. Like you mm-hmm. just, she's just, just what she is. Like she just embodies hospitality and she was our very, very, very first hire. And we remember we were so nervous about <laughs> hiring anybody at that point for full time. And she just created such a really warm and welcoming environment. She led her; she had two interns a semester, and she led those interns into such intentionality, and they were able to grow so much in in that space. That Sarah realized this is what she wanted to do. And so, we at some point Bailey left because her husband was uh, church planting somewhere in in Charlottesville, so she had to leave. It was very sad; everybody cried because mm-hmm. um, this was her dream job. And I remember, uh, so we were hiring and she's like, I really think you should like interview Sarah. Well, we went through the interview process and Sarah was top two, but she wasn't the right fit at that time. And she, and I remember I had to email her and I was like, I'm really sorry, but like there was another candidate and she's like, this hurts a lot. She's like, but I'll be back basically. Mm -hmm. Like, don't worry. And she like turned down so many jobs and like hodgepodged her way through the Mm -hmm. next year and a half. Cause I told her, I was like, look, I can see what's coming on the pipeline. I'm fairly certain we're going to be hiring again in a year, year and a half. Like you'll be our first person. We're not even going to interview. Like you'll be it. Mm -hmm. And she trusted us in that. And she kind of built this. She stayed in the industry say in the industry but she worked for a planner and she worked for a rental company and she just did all these part-time jobs until I was able to say like hey like we're ready for you for this full-time gig and she came on the team and she's been on the team
1: I think for five years now the total has been four years tw- seven years she's yeah. 27 and she started working with us at 20 yeah
2: and yeah. yeah. And what what's been, what I love about Sarah's story is Sarah is such an empath, right? And so we had hired her as a venue manager and she was great at it. Her, her clients loved her. Our staff loved her. Every single vendor that came across loved her. But she had a really hard time holding the line because she was like, she's a type nine. She's a peacemaker. So she had a really hard time saying no. And she was so creative. I mean, the girl, like, just had an amazing Instagram. And, and we realized that the job that she had, she wasn't, she was doing great at, but it wasn't really, like, her heartbeat. It wasn't, like, what she really, really loved. And so we created this this job for her, basically. We're like, hey, like, we need, at this point, like, our business is so huge. We have all these other companies. We need a creative director. Like, mm-hmm. are you interested in it? This is what it would look like. And she basically created this position and um, is, you know, kicking butt at it and doing a great job and so happy. Yeah. She's like, I don't know. She's like the calmest person in our office.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely would say that was one of the things where I felt like it was amazing for someone to trust me when she had no reason to really trust me. Um, it was amazing that we were able to really know her and understand her well to say that Yes, you're amazing at what you do, but this is how you can be even better. This is how you can grow, not just in this industry, but as a person and be able to create that that space for her to explore that and to give her the opportunity to to become, you know, what she is and now she's like, I don't know why I never went to school for marketing. I love marketing. It's, you know. And so it's just really neat watching her flourish and discover something new that she that she loves.
0: That's so cool. We're actually about to hire we actually just offered the job to someone very similar story to what you're talking about she interviewed earlier this year for an operations position we were hiring for director of operations and she interviewed for it she was great loved her personality thought she was great for the culture of our team but didn't have the right personality for operations as soon as we met with her in person we're like oh my gosh we love her but we think she'd be better in sales like we think she would flourish in sales maybe not as much Mm -hmm. in operations And we told her that we said, hey, we like deeply desire having you on our team. Just give us a second. Like, just give us a minute. Let's figure out what this looks like. And we just extended the offer to her literally three or four days ago. She accepted it two days ago. And it was Mm -hmm. cool because we were able to craft this position for her and tell her, you know, this is what we're going to have you do. And just so you know, this is not open to the public. Like, we are not creating this position and having it open. We're not having anyone else in right. you, view, we've crafted this position specifically for you because we got to know your personality, we got to know you as a person, and it's been really yeah. fun to see, cause she has said over and over, I'm like your biggest Render fan, like we freaking love you, like she said, I like every single post that you do, I engage in everything, I share everything yeah. with you, with my friends, with my community, because I am just like your biggest fan, and we're, we just thought that was so incredible that someone already is like desiring to be here and then her personality being able to put her in a position that we think is going to Mm -hmm. be best and flourish best for her which is cool because hiring doesn't typically look that way right right typically it's here's a job here's the job description apply for Mm -hmm. it interview whatever your process is And you either hire them or you don't. It's not often that you get someone who's so good that you want them culturally on your team because of team culture. Mm -hmm. And then you just figure out how you get them on your team, which I think that's incredible. And we're super excited to see what she does on our team soon.
2: Yeah. And I think you've like literally hit the nail on the head. And it's the thing that we talk about so often. We talk about retention and company culture is understanding who your employees are. Mm -hmm. The people we were not able to retain because we're not perfect. (laughs) Spoiler alert. We have (laughs) lost employees. They've made terrible hire decisions. Yeah. And those people were because we never took the time to understand who they were. It was normally a rash decision. It was quick. It was knee jerk. It was like, I need somebody. You look great. You have, you look cute enough or you're smart enough or whatever the case mm-hmm. would be like, come on, let's do it. Yeah. And I, we didn't take into consideration like who they were at a very, very core level of who they were and recognize that they were not going to be successful in that position ever, mm-hmm. no matter how much training we did. Right. Um, so I think that's like for us when we're talking about our team and now anytime we, we even hire a single person, they immediately take a personality test because I need to understand at least on a basic level right yeah. mm-hmm. what
1: makes you tick right mm-hmm. and how and what
0: personality test do you guys use right any big enneagram fans yeah yeah i yeah. yeah. use enneagram too yeah mm-hmm. I love it
2: yeah i feel like it's like it's very like accurate but i also think there's room for growth in it like i i love mm-hmm. that it says this is kind of how you feel but it's all to me it's it's also based on experiences so you can kind of apply that in different ways so it's it doesn't pigeonhole somebody Right. Um, which I think is super helpful.
0: Right. Well, and it's yeah. cool because you might be, let's say, a four, but there's so many different variations of what a four yeah. is. Yes. And depending on the positions that you've held for other companies in the past, that helps mold, like, what responsibilities you have, what leadership styles you've had the chance to be a part of. And it, we have four Enneagram fours on our team. <laughs> wow. And they're all so different, but they also yeah we've got a lot of creative juices flowing i will say for sure um and it's incredible because they're each their own Mm -hmm. individual person which i guess is enneagram four they are individualists they all have great strengths and great ways that they can kind of help each other and and work around each other to make our company what it is which is really cool yeah yeah, I'm a huge fan of doing the personality test just to understand, even like from the interview stage, mm-hmm. we ask for that in the application, yes. just to understand who you are. And it's not something that we're like, oh, well, you're an eight, so I'm not going to hire you. It's just what, what are eights? Right. What are sixes? What are nines? And how is mm-hmm. that going to fit for this team? And sometimes it helps for a position. Like the girl that I'm about to hire, she's a two and our operations uh, director that we hired is a four. And not that a two can't do an operations type of role, but they're going to be so much more flourishing in a sales position where they have that connection yeah. and that community that they're trying to right. build with the relationships. And it didn't necessarily pigeonhole into that, but it definitely helped us understand, okay, this is her, you know, how she shows up and how she communicates. And it's really fun to use those. Big, mm-hmm. com, a big promoter of using the personality quizzes.
2: What number are you?
0: I'm a three. Okay. okay. Yeah. Wing four. Yeah. Okay. But through and through a three for yeah. sure. What about y'all?
2: I'm an eight. I'm a seven. Yeah.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. Love yes.
2: it. Yeah. So it works well. It's actually a, a good combination for partners. Yeah. Um Very big picture Very balancing. Here. Very yes. nitty gritty over here. But it took yes. us a while to understand that we were different mm-hmm. and that how we communicated was differently and our expectations were different. And how you can yeah. say thank you to me is not the same way I need to say thank you to Courtney. Like <laughs> yep. it's just
0: totally true. Yep. Very different. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. same so my um right-hand gal Kaylee, who's on my leadership team, she's been with my team for almost five years now, which is crazy. Um, she's a four and it's so cool okay. to have someone who's on your team that's close in leadership who's a different Mm -hmm. Enneagram number because I might be a little more cold when my communication comes on certain things where Mm -hmm. she's able to come in and say, you know, I would have maybe said that a little differently. (laughs) Or let's like think about this differently. Mm -hmm. And it's cool because we're like a yin and a yang Mm -hmm. to each other. Yeah. Whereas I assume that you guys are both the same. You both can make really great decisions and see each other's Mm -hmm. blind spots. Right. And I'm a big proponent of, get as many enneagrams on your team yeah. as possible. Yes. And help diversify how your communication happens, mm-hmm. where your team culture goes cuz it's important to have all of the enneagram numbers are very important. Yeah. And if you all if your enneagram numbers are all 3s, everyone's a 3, it's going to probably not be the greatest. It'd be very stressful, stressful <laughs> environment. Yeah.
1: It's so stressful. Yeah. You get a lot of shit done. You would get a
2: lot done, but mm-hmm. it would be yes. Very competitive. You'd be, be very burnt out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. We would never have a long to-do list. It would be done for sure. But yeah, having different ones is really important for sure. Dana, what about you? Do you have an example of someone that you guys have hired or someone who's been on your team that has been like a really great experience and maybe even expanding maybe on Courtney's answer of what happened, like what were the proponents of her being in your pipeline of someone to hire was it the marketing that you guys have done to set up your business was it the community that you've built to attract that kind of a person was it getting to know her so i also think a lot of hires are based off of like immediate need like you have a void or you have overwhelm and you're like oh i just need to i just need to hire someone and then you do so in a rash manner just cuz you need something filled versus taking your time making sure it's the right one and all of that. We we recently just
1: I guess lost or parted ways with an employee that we had been with us for like 15 or 16 years and yeah. kind of like ebbed and flowed through her phases of life and she has two young kids and it's just not what she wants to do like with her time at this time which is which was fine but I guess for me this is going to be kind of like a backward story. It left a hole in our um, luxury planning company um Anthem House because she was kind of spearheading that and we could just tell she loved the idea and she was great at planning, but she really didn't have the, uh, drive to Mm -hmm. move it forward, like move the needle forward, like it needed to be. And I think that's like where some of the kind of unraveling happened in our relationship, Mm uh, with parted on great terms, like, like I said, but, um, it left a hole and Dana and I were talking about it and because it's not it's not how we make the majority of our money, right? Um, And did we still want to continue on with this brand or did we just want to let it go? And we kind of came to the conclusion that we didn't want to throw the baby out of the bathwater. Like we really felt like there was something there and that we had, you know, um, a good leg to stand on. But we just needed a great partner to help Mm -hmm. come along and be as invested in it as we are and whatnot. And we actually called a planner that had been working at the bradford for since the beginning so seven or eight years and we've always kind of admired this planner in fact she's like our
2: our direct competition direct competition right our direct competition our planning company
1: for a planning company and when she first came on the scene because i dane and i used to do a lot of the events at the bradford so i got to see like some of her floor plans and timelines up close and personal and i was like this person has great spatial awareness she's like a like a very creative designer like and I actually approached her I'm like hey do you want to come work for us at that point and she was like no I'm gonna do my own thing She's like i fine I said you just one day you're gonna work for me I just want you to know that (laughs) so this all kind of like happened and Dana and I were talking I was like you know if I could have anybody I would really want Amanda. Like I think that she'd be a great spearhead for this. I've been watching her company and she actually has called and asked me a question recently that makes me think that she might be poised at a spot where this could be a good move for her. And we did. We actually approached her and said like, hey, would you be interested in coming on as a full-time W2 employee and managing partner of this brand? And we think that you'd be a great fit and what would this look like, et cetera. And it was just an off-the-cuff conversation, right? Just like a guttural thing. Like, I just felt like in my gut, this is what we need to do. She calls back the next day. She's like, I'm actually really mm-hmm. interested. Like, I feel like the timing in my life with the baby and all those things. I'm not done planning, but I think I might be done owning a business. And it's actually, and when we were talking about it and like when we were like laying things out, like this is how we wanted it to move. And I think this would be ideal. We were like very much in a line with exactly like with the merger, how we wanted it to happen with all of the things and working with her on these first couple of events and sales things, she's an amazing partner. She's an amazing person to work with. And it just really kind of confirmed like that kind of like guttural feeling, just kind of like you said, like, Hey, like I see that you're going to be a great person for this company. Like this is the role that I see you in. But I would encourage people to go outside of, like, think outside the mm-hmm. box, right? We approached her. She didn't tell us she was looking for a job. She had a business. She totally could have said no and turned us down. I just felt gutturally it was a good time for her and us and whatnot. I think that when you're looking mm-hmm. for those people, you don't have to even look in that the same kind of Indeed, put out a job offer, look for a resume, go out there and ask some questions. Someone might say yes and it's going to be like that dream person. Right. You know what I mean? And the stars just might align for you at that moment. So I feel like that was a really great experience where I kind of we kind of like listened to our gut. We had this need, we had an ideal person and that person said yes. That really gave us a lot of confidence and right. But I think hiring. really
2: like what it what it came down to, to as well is obviously like we are approachable people in the industry but she has worked with our team for years. Right. For 7 years she has worked with our team at the Bradford she sees how happy our employees are. Like, mm-hmm. we have created a great relationship. We've created a great company culture. And so for her, it was super exciting to walk into that office. Like, she was like, I can't wait to have colleagues again. And it, it was, she wasn't nervous about it because she clearly knew, like, what our company culture was all about. And she was already on board before we even hired right, her. She was on board. And there's a lot of people, and I feel like, and I, this sounds super cheesy. I'm sorry, but... <laughs> I feel like, you know, it's like that old adage of like, you kind of like when you're so happy and joyful, like it kind of shines outward. And I feel that way about business is that when you are running a company that is honest with integrity, you're treating your employees well, your employees just emit that. And everyone wants to be around that. It is like a literal magnet. Like people are coming to you saying like, how can I get a job here? What can Mm -hmm. I do? Like, I want to work with you. Everyone's so happy. Um, and it, you know, and it takes, it takes a lot to get there certainly. And it takes definitely, um, some trial and error to get there. But, yeah. um, I think that was another point that like that kind of, she, it was an easy yes for her because right. she we didn't knew have to what convince she, her. we didn't have to convince her right. because she's like, your company is amazing and I want to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. Right. I love that you were talking about having that gut feeling because mm-hmm. I think that's really important. And. Sometimes people don't actually pay attention to their gut feeling. They just think, like, okay, on paper, this is how it should go. And especially in such a feeling world of business that we're in, the events industry is just a feeling mm-hmm. type of business. So mm-hmm. You feel lots of emotions, and and there's a lot of emotions that run high in events, especially weddings. And being able to use your gut is super important, not only for employees, but even for like acquisitions of other. Um, companies that you want to mold into your business or um, specific services or products you want to launch within your business or things like that. Having that gut feeling is really important. And then leaning on that to kind of guide you a little bit more. Yeah, um, definitely. Because you never know unless you mm-hmm. ask. Right. And the worst you can say is no, or the worst that could happen is that you launch this thing and you realize it doesn't work. And you're like, all right, cool. like, yeah. Learn from that. I'm going to move on. on. I'm going to try something else. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's just trial and error. Yes. Um, I know that we've had employees that we've hired because of gut instinct. And then we've had um, companies that have bought out because of gut instinct, other rental companies locally. Mm -hmm. And it was just a question of, uh, I had one company that approached me and they were like, hey, I'm selling off some of these products because I just don't need them anymore. But your company might thrive using these and I'm just selling off a few pieces and I was like all right let me come see it and, you know try to make sure that it's going to work for my company and she I could tell that she just was overwhelmed by rentals. she her primary business was floral and then she had rentals just for her floral clients if they needed them and I was like do you have anything else like anything else that you want to sell off and she was like oh my gosh I have so much stuff like there's so much that I have it's so overwhelming and I said I said what do you think if I took it all Like, what if I just bought it all out from you? Mm -hmm. And when you need it, when your clients need it, you can rent it from me. I already have a rental company. I already do it really well. I already have people that work for me. I have a warehouse. She had like five big storage units that was 20 minutes away from her studio Mm -hmm. to store it all. And I said, it's a headache because I remember being in storage units. Totally get it. Why don't I take it all? And she, like, you could see her shoulders just, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like deflate from being mm-hmm. up into her ears because she was mm-hmm. so stressed about it, and she wouldn't have thought it. And she says, "Now I wouldn't have even thought about it if you wouldn't have said it. I just mm-hmm. thought this was just part of my business, and it was just one of those things that I had just had to deal with. And mm-hmm. right. it was so great. And we bought it out, and now we rent all the time to them, and it's yeah. great. Yeah, <laughs> so so win-win. You never know. Yeah, mm-hmm. you never know. You just yes. if you have a gut feeling, if you have that question, the worst that can happen is they say no. Or maybe you invest a little bit into this thing and it doesn't work and so you invest in something else and it flies off the shelf and it's like an incredible yeah. thing. So leaning on your gut is super important. And so important. sometimes we just need that little reminder <laughs> of that gut feeling. Yeah. Even though it's, you know, second nature, duh, we should be using our gut sometimes while also being logical. You yeah. You can't always lean on your gut um, all the time. But yes. using it often is is important for sure. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, And then you were talking about the culture that you're able to show. I think that's incredible. And especially for both of our scenarios where we had someone that we had a position for, we just weren't ready to hire yet. You have these people who are fans. Mm -hmm. They're raving fans of your company. But it Mm -hmm. takes a little bit to create raving fans of your company. You can't just put out a website Mm -hmm. or put up an Instagram account with a few photos and immediately get raving fans. There's some intention a marketing that has to happen for you mm-hmm. for that to happen. What are a few things that you guys have done specifically that have attracted raving fans of your business? And this could be employees or clients, but how do you create this community of people who really desire to work with your company or work for your company?
2: Yeah. I think the first thing, and this is, and we hear this often is you have to be approachable. I know that everyone probably in the industry has a story of when they went to probably a networking event and they tried to approach somebody and they were like snubbed, like they weren't good enough or they were too nope. new or like like that kind of eye roll like, Who are you? Like, I don't need to talk mm-hmm. to you, like whatever. And no matter how successful we are, that's never been who who we are because one, I think we kind of suffer slightly from imposter syndrome. So like, I'm like, who am I? I am nobody. Like (laughs) I am not important, you know? Um, but just being super approachable, I think is, has been really key is just creating those relationships outside of just your employees, but with all the vendors, like with your, with your catering staff, like we know when we worked the events, like I, even though my job was done, I'm still over there schlepping, chairs and rolling out tables. Cause I'm like, I want you to get out just as much as I want to get out. Right. Like, I'm not going to just leave you to it. Like just being somebody that they can relate to, I think is super, super helpful. And, and never feeling like you're better than somebody like I'm, I think everyone has amazing qualities about themselves and every business, even I can look at my direct competition, like a hundred percent who I'm like, you are the most like me. And I could still give you five things. I think that they do amazingly well, you know, and just having that mentality, I think really emanates that and the way you talk to people. And we're not, we're not a, we're pretty much an open book. Like someone will come and ask those question. Like, I'm not gonna be like, well, that's going to be a hundred dollars to me to tell you my story. Like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, totally. Use I wish that. I got paid a hundred dollars every
1: time I told my story. <laughs> but like,
2: it's like, sure. You want my accountant? Here's who my accountant is. I love them. This is my great CRM. Highly recommend great. it. Am I going to give you trade secrets? I'm not going to give you trade secrets, but I'm not going to sit here and hold everything so close to the chest You know, I'm going to be open with you and say, like, I don't think this is a great idea. Like, maybe you should think about doing it this way or whatever. Um, So that's one thing I say, just be approachable. Right. Yeah.
1: I think definitely doing what you do, like, with integrity. Yeah. You know, I think that we put a lot of effort into the products and the services that we put out and whether that be – like from client experience to SOPs to how we train our people, like everything's done to the best of our abilities. And I think that people want to work for a company that strives for excellence. Cause I mean, it means they're one, you want someone that strives for excellence to work for you, but also there's longevity in that. Like there's security in a company that, mm-hmm. you know, is kind of doing the right thing and like moving those needles forward.
2: Yeah. I thought when you said, target I mean, honesty is the biggest thing too. Very honest. I, th- I think that, I'm not afraid to say that I made a mistake. I don't like it. Like, I don't like admitting that I'm wrong, like at all. But I'm not afraid to say it. Like, I'm not, I can take a moment. I can take a beat, right? I can get my emotions under me and I can say, like, I really effed this up. And this is not your caterer's fault. This is not your floor's fault. This is my fault. Let me fix it. How can I fix it? Whether it's paying somebody back, whether it's writing a a groveling apology, whatever the case may be, I'm not going to throw my vendors under the bus, and that's definitely how we train our staff as well. And it's, and it's we a- have
1: to pause this little occasion right here right. on our office group chat. Sterling just got engaged. One oh, of our girls just got engaged. And it's all in the group chat. Like, oh my
0: gosh.
1: That yes. Funny. Sorry. That's see so that. exciting. He put a ring on it. Yeah. That. Good for her. Yeah. She was very stoked about. She that. was so stressed about that.
0: <laughs> She's like, oh, she is not. Yeah, yeah there's not literally like that, that video Beyonce in our
1: group is chat. Is yeah. In our group chat, it's a meme in our group chat right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um. But yeah,
2: I, I mean, that. yes. So but honesty, it's so hard, and I really think that. And I'm not going to create stereotypes at all because I don't. I don't think it's generational. I think it is. I think it is young professionals in general. It's really hard to take ownership of your mistakes because you're afraid of every mistake you make is going to be the last one right that it's Mm -hmm. going to be it's going to end your job and that's an that is a valid fear and so for us it's creating that culture that like i'd rather you come to me and say i totally effed this up dude like i messed this up so bad here's how i'm going to fix it or can you help me fix it Mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to cover it up and pretend like it didn't happen or say like oh that wasn't me that was that vendor that was that thing whatever Like, just admit it. Like, let's figure it out together. And I think that for us, it's just that understanding that nobody's perfect, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not perfect. I don't expect you to be perfect. So let's figure out how to like work together to fix this problem that we now have.
0: Well, that's important in the training process, especially in the very beginning. I know in our team, we encourage people that look, you're human. Mistakes are going to happen. And it is what it is. And you're You're going to go through all this training and then you're going to get out of training and then you're going to be on your own doing something or talking with a client or you're on site somewhere and something's going to happen. Know that it's okay. And we've got a great Mm -hmm. team and a great support behind you. We're not going to think that you ruined everything or you're not going to be reprimanded horribly and you're not going to lose your job over something there are a few things that you might lose your job over, you know, if you are going to like get high and go wreck our trucks.
1: Right. Right. Can't do that.
0: Yeah. It's kind of a, now you're
1: uninsurable. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That's a big thing. So there are like, we're very honest. There are a few things that these just can't happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But know that most things that might be a mistake or something that you didn't do all the way or, Uh, fell short somewhere, know that we're all human. It's going to happen. Yeah. And people will, I mean, our industries, while it's a large industry, are also very small as well. And so if another vendor sees that you are blaming them for everything or you're the blame game shamer of, Mm -hmm. you know, well, it's the DJ's fault or it's the floor's fault or it's the venue's fault or, you know, all these things, word will spread Mm -hmm. and people will talk about it. And they're going to say, well, we don't like to work with them because they just blame us for everything that, you know, is wrong with their company. And so, or they will hear you talking bad about your own team. There's mm-hmm. a lot of companies that I've seen, not a lot, but there's been a few that they will bash their own team yep. when yeah. they're not around. And I'm like, oh my gosh, these are yeah. your people. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. You should not
0: be talking about them like that.
2: So, so, so true. I mean, so true. It, and it's hard, it's hard to hear it. And and then a lot of times I waver between, do I say something to the owner I let it right. ride, like what I want to know. We've said
0: something a couple times. Yeah. Uh, we were at a, a restaurant that has like a venue up top for mm-hmm. rent. And one of the employees was talking badly about one of their clients that they had just got off the phone with. Mm. And I wasn't there, but my team was there. And they're like, Cam, you should probably like, I just got to tell you what I heard. And it would like, it made me feel super uncomfortable. And so it was a corporate company that is based in Arizona. So I just emailed her and was like, hey, Mm -hmm. I'm only telling you this because I would want to know and I'm happy Mm -hmm. to expand further on it. But here's just like the small details of what our team experienced while they were on site. I just want you to know, like, leave it at that. If you have questions, I'm happy to talk to you more. And she super appreciated it. She was like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. I would have never known. And that's really important because we don't want people thinking, well, that company bashes their clients or bashes their other team members or anything like that. Right.
1: So, I would appreciate that we had it that this team member is no longer with us and it's not for this reason. But we had a vendor friend of ours call us and say that mm-hmm. that she had a client that she had booked that, and she was just kind of talking to her through her trial. She was a hair and makeup person. And her friend was there. The bride's friend was there. Oh, right. The bride's friend. And they were looking for, oh, you're right. They were looking for <laughs> planners. And she recommended, Liz recommended our planning company. And they called to get information about planning. And they just basically said that it sounded like a party in the background. It was like this person couldn't keep, like, couldn't stop laughing. Like, it was the most unprofessional phone call. And Liz was, like, appalled. Obviously, she's like, one, I recommend you. But she knows us. She's like, but this isn't like how you do business, but I just want you to know what this client's experience was. And mm-hmm. we were like, Oh shit. Like what have we been putting out there? Right. We have noticed that sales have dipped a little bit and we took the sales away from her at that point. Yeah. So we we're like, obviously this isn't translating well for our clientele, but it was so, so helpful right. that she called and let us know because
0: how would we know there is a problem?
1: Right. You know, cause we can't be all places all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
0: yeah exactly. yeah. you don't want to be the tattletale, but you also want to make sure that they know, because us as owners of companies, we're not on every one. Yeah. We're not on all the phone right. calls. We're not on we're not with everyone all the time. And especially as your team grows, it's hard mm-hmm. to be integrated in some of those day- to day things. Certainly. And so leaning not only on your community of other vendors, but even on your own team mm-hmm. members is really important too especially those who are kind of leading or spearheading different departments of your company. Right, right. We've had a couple times where some of our part-time or seasonal uh, team members might not be making the best choices on certain things. And we've tried to empower the people who are leading those teams to just say something if they feel like something's off. And it's been really helpful mm-hmm. because it's it's helped keep our culture what it is mm-hmm. and take out some of the people on the team that maybe they were bringing down the culture that we have expectations of what our culture is. We want certain desires to happen. We want conversation to be a certain way and maybe not have as many negative Nancys or not have talk about specific things that are happening and, and all that. And so it's important to also have people on your teams that you can trust to lead the culture how you would want it led. So even if you weren't there every day or even Mm -hmm. if you worked remotely and you had a team there, could you trust the people that you put in those leadership positions to run the team as if you were to run the team? Because at some point, I mean, all of our goals is to scale our companies. Our goal is to expand. Our goal is to make more money and Mm -hmm. pay more Mm -hmm. to our employees. And the way to do that is you have to grow your team. And so at some point, we just can't be in every little facet of the business. So it's important to empower leaders hire the right leaders and get them to be as passionate about the company as you are.
2: Yeah. And I think that it's a really, really, really valid point is that empowerment and trust. And that's something that we feel very, very strongly about that. Ultimately, what it comes down to is you can hire the right person all day long. Like you can find this perfect candidate, but if you have not figured out like what your deal breakers are, who you are as a manager, who like how you tick, that could clash, right? Like you could have this this literal perfect salesperson, but the way that they do things doesn't mesh with the way that you want to do things or the way they communicate is always off putting to you or their values aren't aligned with what your values are. It's not going to work out. And so for us, we talk a lot about to create that culture of retention and to create that great company culture. It starts with you as the number one head honcho leader, right? Mm -hmm. Who are you? Like, what is it that what are your values? What is, what is it that you're aspiring to get to? Right. And does every single employee match in those values and in those aspirations? And then you get to know them on a certain level. And exactly what you said is when you take the time to understand like who your employees are, you trust them so much more. And -hmm. if you don't trust an employee, you need to ask yourself why, Mm -hmm. like, why don't you trust them? And going back to that same person, I never trusted that employee. And I never had this feeling like I could let her go. Like I could never Mm -hmm. just be like, I trust you. I trusted her to do an event all day long. It was okay, right? But I never trusted her to make, to manage somebody else. I never trusted her to have hard conversations with somebody. I didn't trust them to make decisions about where they were. When they they had something going wrong at an event, I was like, you will always call me because I don't trust your Mm decision-making. And at that point, we should have known that this was not a great employee, right?
1: Because we're not like right. micromanagement no. employees. So we don't really have the bandwidth for that. Right. You know?
0: But if something is happening on the team and yes. you can't trust someone, you almost have, you to. have to. You have to be. You have to be a Which at that point, What's you the At point, as well replace that person with someone you can trust. Yes. Right.
2: Yes. So I love that you said that because I feel like that is number one key is you have to mm-hmm. hire someone know yourself know them enough so that you can trust them and empower them because that is the only way that you're going to be able to create that team because an empowered employee is a happy employee oh, yeah. and we talk about this that like there are things like our employees they like give us these they're like I want to do xyz and in my mind I'm like that seems really stupid but I'm like dude yeah. I don't care whatever <laughs> go with it it's not it's not a liability mm-hmm, it's right. not costing me a lot of money but if it's right. the way that you want to get the job done and you feel like it's the best path for you personally, go at it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't care, you know, even though it's not how I would do it. I have empowered them to make that decision. Um, and they're so much happier for it.
0: Yeah. Well, knowing what those deal breakers are, too. Yes. Because they're a budget max of like, this is a deal breaker. If it's mm-hmm. more than this. Yep. Right. You can expect the answer to be no. Or if it doesn't align with these values or if it right. doesn't fit within a timeline or having those deal breakers are really, really important. Mm -hmm. What we've tried to do on our team is we have our team set up by leadership over different departments, so sales, marketing, operations. And so we have our leadership team and then we have our team, our core team that supports each of those departments. And then we have our um, other team members that maybe work a little more part time on delivering the products and Mm -hmm. and making the products and such. And the great thing is that all of our core team who is not on leadership team, we've empowered them to trust us as a leadership team, Mm -hmm. to trust us with decisions and lean on this trust relationship where we will say, okay, if there's a decision that's made or a process that's changed or something that happens within the company, I want you to lean on trust that we are not going to go against our core values. We're not going to go against our mission statement and we're not mm-hmm. going to go against our deal breakers. Right. And so you can rest assured we are making the best decision as we can as a leadership team. And we encourage you to lean on trust even if you don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so understanding kind of where decision making happens and what deal breakers and what the kind of constructs of how you make decisions or changes or hires or, fires or anything like that is really important because then they can trust you Mm -hmm. not only is an empowered employee really important but someone who can trust their leader is equally important as well right because if they don't trust you if you don't trust them there's a big issue but if they also don't trust you as their leader that's a big issue too because you're just gonna clash all the time 100 percent.
2: yeah and i think what you're talking about there is transparency Right. It's, it's having a level of transparency. Like I'm not talking about, they need to know like what my bank account is, but like, you know, we're talking about some transparency as saying like, this is how I'm making my decision. Except, except for in the middle of the pandemic. We were like, look, well, this is
1: where the bank that. account is. Like, Stop yeah. asking me for a raise. That's right. Bring right. it down <laughs> I <don't> do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. The answer is going to be no. I'm so yes, sorry. Right. I wish I could say yes. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean,
2: but it was so helpful because all of them deserved a raise a hundred percent. Yeah. And I, and we said that like, you deserve this, but this is the reality of where we are. This is our Mm -hmm. intention. Our intention is to get to this point. And once we get to this point, we will, we feel confident that we can give these raises that we had promised prior to, because normally we give raises in the court in quarter two. Well, we all Mm -hmm. know what happened quarter two of 2020, like (laughs) the pandemic had just started and like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's just, I I feel like when you explain how you're making decisions and why you're making decisions, it helps them respect you so much more because they realize it's not just this one-off, like, oh, I don't feel like doing that today. Or, oh, I don't feel like you deserve it. There's all these Mm -hmm. factors that you have Mm -hmm. to take into account to making this choice. And they're like, okay, well, that makes sense. Like, I understand where you're coming from with that. And they have so much more buy-in. Yeah. So I love that you said that because I think that's a really, really- important point as a owner, a high level manager, that transparency will always garner you more trust. Yes.
0: And transparency, Mm -hmm. not saying you have to tell them every single little detail because sometimes they don't need every single detail, but enough transparency that they understand, Hey, it's on my radar that you want to raise, or it's on my Mm -hmm. radar that you want this software. It's on my radar that X, Y, Z is being requested by you. And just so you know, here's my timeline. Like, it might happen in the next three months, six months, one year from now, two weeks from now. And just giving them some expectations. Mm -hmm. I know for myself, and I've kind of learned this with my kids, is understanding what my kids need, expectations from me. is similar Mm -hmm. to our employees. Are your employees more of a off-the-cuff, they can go with anything and everything and they don't need a plan? Or are they someone who, they need some timeline expectations. They need... What's coming next? What's coming next week? What's coming next month? Me and my son are very much like, we need to know what's happening this Mm -hmm. weekend. Like what are our plans this weekend? Who are we seeing? What's the timeline? And my boyfriend and his son are not that way at all. And so it's Mm -hmm. interesting to see different dynamics. And I've seen this in my team as well, where people thrive on a schedule. They need a schedule to thrive. They need to know what's coming next and others don't. And so how do we mesh those together to not create these um, bumpers, but allow the team members to work together on those things. And maybe you like some expectations of timeline. Well, maybe you won't get every single timeline that you need done, but let's try to strive for that. And I know you over here, you really like to fly on the seat of your pants, but maybe we can build in a little bit more expectations with that. And meshing those together is really important. Mm -hmm. Not only just you as the owner, but... Yeah. having your teammates mesh together as your team. Yeah. yeah. Cause they're the ones that are going to be seeing yeah. each other every single day. We're communicating every single day, whereas right. you might not be communicating or seeing them every single day, like everybody else on the team.
2: Right. And I think that's really key too, is understanding your team dynamics to be able to mitigate mm-hmm. things because you act a lot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, I feel like I'm a parent. Like I'm like, <laughs> like playing interference with these two people. Yeah. And the thing is, is that our teammates respect each other so much yes. that they—it's like they tiptoe around things. And I'm—and I'm especially um, like Sarah, who's our peacemaker. She tiptoes around conflict. And I'm like, Sarah, what's bothering you? Yeah. What is it that's annoying you? And she's like, Well, this is what really frustrates me in a meeting. I'm like, Fair, all right. This is how this person thinks. This is why this is happening. Here's how we can structure it so she doesn't feel – so she still feels heard. She still feels like she has a great place at the table, but she's not stepping on your toes. Right. Because that's what you feel like is someone stepping all over your toes. Right. And them creating – not only having the space where they feel like they can bring yep. that to your attention and they and it's safe. And, and I'm not going to go to the employee and be like, oh, my God, Sarah, I get so upset when <laughs> you, blah, 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 right? Like I'm going to craft it. In the middle so that it works well for both people and certainly there's times you have to address things between each other but normally those are like so few and far between
1: because most of the time you can fix it just by making small tweaks here and there you know i definitely think it gets back to understanding your employees like we know that about sarah so we know that where she's coming from. Like when she's feeling that way, right? I can recognize it before she says something to me, mm-hmm. you know, because you can see it in a meeting. Right. So if you don't take the time to understand, then you won't be able to, right. you know, prevent, help and facilitate, which I think is really your job, honestly, in right. those particular situations. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, then that leads into you as the owner or the leader of your team or even leaders over different brands mm-hmm. of your company, allowing them the space to step back and understand their teammates. In mm-hmm. understanding, okay, she maybe showed up a little differently than she does in the normal basis. Something's on her mind. How can you build in time to really get to know them and really make sure that you are doing some heart checks? Right. Making sure everyone's on the same page, everyone's doing good, and certainly there's going to be times where it's not. But building in time to do that because if your list is a mile long, you have all these things to do, and you are glued to your computer because you're always working on something. You're not going to be able to take your eyes up and look around to make sure that there's nothing lurking. There's no elephants in the room that you need to address. Right. So making sure that you build in some time for that, because that does go towards retaining your employees. If you can notice it Mm -hmm. in them first and press on that a little bit and help mitigate, like you were saying, that's going to make them feel like they can trust you as their leader. Right. Right. That you're going to help them navigate these tough times and tough waters that they might have with other people.
2: Yeah. And I think like so. We, I feel like we've talked a lot about like the touchy feeliness of being a boss mm-hmm. and like feeling like you're connected and stuff. And I think that there's also very practical ways that a yes. that an employee can feel like they are part of the team that helps with retention. And I think this goes back to and we've said this over and over again is knowing your employees, knowing your employees. So we say like we want to mm-hmm. know what their money is. What mm-hmm. is their money? sometimes it is money. Sometimes, it's, money. sometimes it's time. For a lot of people, it's for a lot of people in our office is flexibility. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's understanding where can I meet your needs, right? And that changes. And this is really important because we've had long employees for two years, five years, 10 years, 12 years, what they needed at year two is not what they need at year 10. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not necessarily about like, are you paying them what they're worth or whatever? But for us, it was, you know, and Sarah was 20. Now she's 27. Her need at 26 was like, uh, I need some health insurance. Like that like,
0: right. getting kicked off of mom and dad's, <laughs> Yeah.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like I can't continue with this salary and also pay into the marketplace and pay my rent that's now like crazy or whatever, all this stuff. And so it's paying attention to what your team needs in in many different ways. And so for us, like one of our biggest initiatives last year, I guess in 2021, was health insurance. Like we need to figure out as as an employer how to have health insurance, which right. is really hard for a small business. Yeah, it is super hard. Like we also recognize that we are employing, we have pretty much only women employees And they're mostly all single. They're mostly all single. (laughs) Like we need to be showing them how to be good stewards of their money. Like they need to have 401k options. Mm -hmm. They need to have a way to be saving for their retirement. Right. And so there are certain things that like where we had to take a look at it and say, yeah, sure. I can throw more money at you, but I also need to, figure out like, what is it that's going to make you feel more secure? Mm -hmm. And we went through the last two years. I think this is where it gets back to a lot of the retention of employees is they felt so insecure. No one knew if they were going to have their job from month to month. Right. right? So I need to take that away from them. I need to take that fear away from them and say, this is what we're going to do. And here's also how I'm going to help you. Like, you're afraid you can't go to the doctor because it's $200. Like you're afraid to be out of work for however long, like, you have sick leave, you have the time, like you have the ability to go to the Mm -hmm. doctor and get whatever you need so you can be healthy and whatnot. So I think that there's like a real, and I think it's hard in the events industry because we are made up of small businesses and there hasn't ever been a value added to that. Like, it's just like, I remember when they said, oh, it's, you want to be in the events industry, you're going to figure out how to Self, get your own health insurance, or be or be married, or be on a spouse's health insurance. You're gonna have no 401k, so you better Mm -hmm. just start squirreling away some money. And like, that's just to me, like, we need to start changing with the times and understanding, like, what our people need. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think knowing their needs in the moment, too, Mm -hmm. not even just like for a whole year, but something we did over the summer. The summer is, you know, gas prices are very high right now, and a lot of my employees. Don't live near our office, so we allowed people to work from home, Tuesday mm-hmm. through Friday. So we mm-hmm. said we need you here on Monday so that we can have our Monday meeting, our team meeting, make sure we're you know as a team. But back in 2020, we learned how to work remotely, yeah. and we forced ourselves to be able to work remotely. So we have the ability to do that now, and so we gave people option. We we're like, if you want to come to the office, by all means, you're welcome to come to the office. But we also want you to know. We don't expect you to be here. We expect you to be working, of Mm -hmm. course. You can use Slack and Asana and Zoom and all the things to be in community with your teammates. But, like, we get it. Gas is expensive. I'm paying so much in gas right now. Mm -hmm. So how can we make this possible to, instead of giving raises because we can't afford to, or instead of doing things that are out of budget, what are some small things that you can do? Because we were hearing almost every day, oh, my gosh, I Filled up for a hundred dollars today, or I filled up for 150 today. Okay. That sounds like a need. How can I get ahead of that? Yeah. And I
1: think that's, that's true. There are little small things that add to company Mm -hmm. culture, like adding like some flexibility. If you need to work Mm -hmm. a day from home or two days from home or whatever, if you want them in the office, make it like a great place to be. Ask them what snacks they want. What do they, what do they want to have at their disposal when they're there? Make sure they have that, you know, like we have, should have stock in LaCroix because we go through cases and cases of LaCroix and, (laughs) We ran out a couple of weeks ago and it was like, like the great LaCroix moment of, you know, yeah. like what happened whenever we go to Costco, it's like, what does everyone want at the office that week? Oh we gosh. make sure that it's stocked, that it's there, that they have it, that they have their snacks and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that also celebrating things, like mm-hmm. make sure that people feel welcomed and celebrated. We have milestones all the time. All the we time. have an engagement party apparently there that we have drawing. to do, but <laughs> birthdays, yeah, engagements, weddings, like we make sure that they know that we see them and that they aren't just employees. Employees to us, but we understand that right. they're people first and employee second. So we celebrate right. that peopleness of them as well, mm-hmm. and I think that's important. Like all those little things, don't cost a lot, right? They can cost a lot, honestly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it gets pricey, <laughs> but they don't cost a whole lot. You know, it's not like raises right. and health insurance, but it tells your employee, like, you see me, I appreciate that. And they want to be there.
0: Yeah. Making them feel seen, heard, understood. Mm -hmm. Those go a long Mm -hmm. way. Because in typical corporate America, it's pretty much taught that you're just there to clock in and clock out and do your job. But I think
1: that's different now. I think people have options as to where they're Mm going to work. And and you talk about losing employees and retaining employees or whatnot. It's competitive. And Mm -hmm. you need – culture can put it right over the edge for you. Yeah.
2: And I think too, like going back to like your very, when you first started talking about organizations, NACE and whatnot, it is so important for us, for our people to be plugged into Mm -hmm. the industry, not just in our company and not just at the events they work, but outside of that. Cause I really think it gives perspective. Yeah. Like I can't tell you how mm-hmm. many times they come back and you're like, Oh my gosh, I was talking to so-and-so from so-and-so and this is what's happening in their office and blah, blah. And it's not like gossipy. It's just like, they're recognizing like, Oh wow. Like you guys are super flexible or like, Oh wow. You guys are super generous. You know, like it's, to me, it kind of builds yeah. that perspective and it also lets them build that that camaraderie that they, I think that you need. Because the only thing that got us through the pandemic was, yes, our team, but it was our support system around us. It mm-hmm. was our friends. It was our mm-hmm. vendors. and And we want that same thing for them to have that same supportive bubble right. because we want them to stay in the industry. Even if it's not at our company, like we love and care about these people. We want right. them to still be doing something that they love.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's important for everyone to have that community because a lot of times Mm -hmm. it's the owners or the leaders that go to those networking events. And so you immediately have this great community of people that you can lean on and text when you're stressed out about something or get advice from someone. That perspective and having that community is super important. I know Mm -hmm. in our team, back when the last minute-ness of planning events was a little bit more so as it is right now. They were like, oh, my gosh, it's, you know, it's so hard that we have last minute events. And it's like, you should go to a networking event. And then they talked about, oh, my gosh, it's so hard to have last minute events. And they came back and they're like, it's not just us. Like, like we we share (laughs) in this. There is like shared frustrations that we have in the industry. It's not just you. It's not this Mm -hmm. lonely island of like, oh, my gosh, this is horrible in our business. But Mm. it happens to other people too so it gives them perspective which is super yeah. super important
2: yeah yeah we, we like our nace budget is insane mm-hmm. like because our we give everyone the option of going but not everyone's a member we have five members, five members. that's like kind of like we're yep. like that's enough yeah um but like every month i mean we're spending $500, 600 at a NACE meeting, but it's worth it. Right. Like they find so much value mm-hmm. in it. And, you know, obviously, I mean, we're like, we've drank the Kool-Aid, but like the NACE education is great. It kind of helps them do their job better, but it creates that network yeah. and that community that we want yep. for them. So they can, so they stay in the job ultimately.
0: All right. We're going to finish this with one of my favorite questions when we talk about okay. employees and retention and getting them on. What is your favorite interview question that helps you understand that person more?
1: Oh, it's a
2: good one. My husband actually asked me this a couple months ago because he was interviewing somebody.
1: I like the question of what did you not like about your last position and why? Like what was your least favorite thing to do? And your mm. last position and why. Hmm. Such a good one. Because I think that it's important to know, like, what they don't like. And if it aligns directly with the job description you're looking for right mm. now, then I don't want you here. Right? <laughs> right. And also, I think it lets you know kind of, like, their optimism level. Like, and how, how, they, answer how it. they answer it. Yeah. Like, yeah. How, if they're, like, catty or not. Because it's not so much yeah. about, like, it is about what they say, but also, like, how, how they, they reflect
0: it. on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So... Yeah, one of mine one. is very similar to that. It's what about your last or one of your more recent managers or supervisors? Mm. What is the best advice you can give them? Mm, that's, that's, good. A good mm-hmm. that's a good We've one. We've got some really great. It's helped me sure. <laughs> for sure. Some of their answers. I'm like, oh, that's really like I should probably do that. hmm.
2: Yeah. Mine is probably name a time when you had a conflict either with a client or a colleague and how did you resolve it or come to a mutual understanding? Cause that Mm -hmm. helps me understand their problem solving skills. Cause you know, events is all about problem solving and collaboration.
0: So that's incredible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last question. What is Something that is in unique in your hiring process that you will do every single time? Like, is there something outside of just an interview or just an application that you do in your hiring process yeah. that is tried and true. this is how it should be done?
1: We do some sort of, I answer for both of us. Uh, We do same answer. Is it? I don't know. We do some sort of team activity. So whether that be like a breakfast or a lunch or like there is some social situation that Mm -hmm. we put them in with the team, with the team. And then we before they're hired before Before they're hired. hired. Yeah. This is before they're hired. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've got we have a pre interview process. We have we. it's only multiple rounds like second round. They've made it through the third round. Or maybe the third round is possibly the social situation or whatnot. Normally narrowed it down to like two Two or three, three right, at this point. And then we have the team weigh-in. And Mm -hmm. then because it's company culture is so important to us. Like it is Mm -hmm. the thing that moves our company forward that when we hire somebody, it affects the whole team. So I'm going to make sure that they're going to be a great fit. Mm -hmm. I also want to hear everyone else's perspective. Now, ultimately, like it's up to Dana and I, you know, who we're going to hire or not hire, but it's really helpful to hear what everyone else sees and picks up on. During that time.
2: Yeah. And I will tell you, the only hires you've ever had issues with is when we have not done that. Yeah. Really? Yes. That's tried and it. You have to do it. Have to do it's it. It's
0: interesting. We always do a team lunch on their first day.
2: Mm. Well, like by then, that. it's too late. You've already hired them. <laughs> I know.
0: Right. What if they don't like the rest of the team? That's right. Yes. Yes. But like it's,
2: it's really helpful too. And I think for us, especially if we have a really, really qualified candidate and we really like them, yeah. And sometimes we've narrowed down just to one person. We're like, Hey, we think this is the person, but we're just like making sure, um, it helps us understand like where their desk should be. Like, who are they getting mm-hmm. along with?
1: <laughs> like
2: who should be managing that person, yeah. right? Who's going to be the best manager for, th- for them to be the most successful and seeing those interactions. It's really helpful just to fine tune it. Cause we you know, in those situations, no one's ever come back and be like, I hate this person. But I'm like, oh, well, this person and these people like are right. like could not stop laughing and had a great time together. Like they should be on a team somehow. And how can we make that right. happen for them? So
0: that's cool.
2: It's
1: helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. Thinking for future. That's yeah. awesome. we'll <laughs> it's good. It's good.
1: You get a much yeah. different perspective on somebody when you're not just sitting in like a rapid fire interview back and forth yeah. thing. And yeah, everyone yeah. at the table can ask questions. Yes.
0: Well, then and it takes a little bit of that pressure off yeah, too yes. of like a one-on-one or a two-on-one mm-hmm. interview.
2: There's always it's food. There's forward. always drinks. Yeah. So you have to have alcohol and mm-hmm. you have to have good food yeah. like that's required because you guys got to get them to yeah. loosen up and not be so like stuffy, yeah. you know? Right.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. We've had some people show up for a warehouse position interview in like a full suit and we're like, <laughs> uh, you're not going to be wearing that <laughs> in it's A little hot out there. Uh, One of my favorite things that we do in our interview process is we do a project related to the position that they're interviewing for. Mm -hmm. So for our sales, Mm -hmm. we'll give them a mock project. We do design decks and quotes for our our rentals and floral. And so we'll have them do a mock. We'll show them a few images, show them a little bit of like the direction we want to go in and have them write a couple mock emails. Or for like our marketing positions, we'll have them create a marketing campaign, whether it's You know, we want you to do one Instagram post, one Instagram reel, a Pinterest image, and you know, um, email marketing, whatever it is. And so we do it like a little project related Mm -hmm. to whatever position they're going into that shouldn't take them too much time, but enough time to where we can understand how are they going to approach this task that is going to be a normal task that they have Mm -hmm. and does their – look that they're doing or their words that they're choosing align with our brand right Um, certainly a lot of that comes through training but they should also know a little bit about our company Mm -hmm. a little bit about our brand who we are and how we talk before they get to that project so that's one of our favorites i like the dinner happy hour or something yeah <laughs> that's a good one all right well it has been a joy to have you both on the podcast nice. today and i'm so excited to have this go out for all of our listeners to hear so thank you so much for joining me today yeah, Thanks thank for you so
2: much for having us it's been great of course.
0: all right we'll see you later all right Thanks, guys bye bye